ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engines running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. All right, welcome to the Launchpad Podcast. I'm Aaron. I'm Matt. Matt, you sound a little under the weather. <laughs> I am. I got a little little bit of the old colds, but I fought it, and I'm spitting out all sort of awesome colors just so that I could keep bringing that <laughs> fresh Launchpad phlegm to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're continuing our mini-sode series, What Have You Been Watching? Man, it's been a while because we've been releasing such awesome like full episodes that stuff with Roger L. Jackson. How insane yeah, was dude, that? Yeah, dude, that's one of those things that like I always listen to our episodes eventually, but those episodes, the Scream episodes, I listened to the day they came out because I was just so fucking jacked. It was so cool. Like that's one of those life experiences that like 20 years from now, you and I are going to be like, dude, remember when fucking Ghostface called us? It was just like, what a cool thing. And, you know, I keep telling people, everyone that I tell that that happened to, I'm like, you got to tune in, listen to our latest episodes because of that. And I was like, yeah, but it's not. They're like, did you do the voice? I was like, yeah, but as cool as that is, that's at most half of why that was so cool, you know? Yeah. He knew so much cool stuff about movies. He was so well-versed in horror and film in general and history of that, you know, history yeah. of film. I, that was just such a cool, cool conversation to have with such an interesting fella. So, you know, uh, Mr. Jackson, thank you again. And you guys, you could you could be sure he'll be back on the show uh, in some other context. We're, we're already talking about some cool stuff, so keep keep it tuned right here. Yeah, we're definitely going to have him back on to talk some more. Um, yeah, lots of people tuned into that. Thanks for listening, guys. Even some non-people, some robots listen to it. I appreciate that, too. Oh, yeah. but, uh, you want to give some background to that or just leave it like so, that? <laughs> so, I don't know what's going on, but, but on SoundCloud, suddenly, like, we got... A handful of listens from a weird website that was like trying to scam us into like buying more listens. And I just want to say right now, Launchpad Pat doesn't do that. We earn our listens, guys. Hell yeah. But it was just really weird because it was like robots are even listening to us. That's awesome. Well, yeah. Aaron's like, yeah, this this company wanted us, was like doing auto listens and they wanted us to pay for it and then we'd have more listens. And I was like, no. And Aaron's like, yeah, no. I told them, no, we're not going to do that type of stuff, blah, blah, blah. And then later on, Aaron texts me. I just realized robots wanted to listen to our podcast. And we told them, no. I said, no. (laughs) I said, no. Robots didn't want to listen to our podcast. They were trying to extort us to pay them to listen to our podcast. (laughs) I think that's the plot of the next Terminator movie. I think it is too. <laughs> but that's pretty awesome. But we appreciate all our real flesh and blood human listeners. We love you guys so much. You guys have been really killing it. We're getting people responding, sending us notes, sending us little info about what they're watching, what they're listening to. We love it when people hit us up on SoundCloud saying, uh, you know, this is one person went through and every time they laugh, they'd like, oh my God, this is so funny. Oh my God, I love this part. And that made my day. People who are listening to us on their trips to work. We love hearing that guys. So keep it up. Please keep telling us what you like, what you love, what you're listening to, what's your favorite episode and what should we be talking about next? We love it. Thank you so much. And Big shout out guys, to the Don't fans. shy away from telling us which one of us you like more. I know it's going to be me. <laughs> Uh, that's fine. You it doesn't, and you don't have to specify. You don't have to say like which one of us has a sexier voice. You don't have to say which one of us is handsomer. But well, you know, not definitely not you today, though, man. <laughs> no, I think this is sexy as shit. Don't you think this is sexier than normal sexy? More sexier? Yeah. Don't you think? 
<laughs> I love that little like rattle of phlegm you can catch in the background there. That's that's you know you know you know who loves it chicks. <laughs> chicks. <laughs> But while we are talking about handsome boys, I'm sure you guys have seen some of our posts about a certain handsome boy that was on the AMC's Talking Dead behind the scenes. Rumi, my hat is way the fuck off to you, bro. That was cool as hell, man. Uh, if you guys haven't seen, you guys know that Rumi is the visual effects supervisor on Walking Dead this season uh, that just premiered. And uh, on the Talking Dead the other night, they had a featurette. And then I think on their website and on YouTube, they had a, like a, 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 I don't know if it was a longer version or just other stuff, but it was a more extensive behind the scenes thing. And if you watch that one, there's a fucking shot of Aaron and Greg Nicotero looking at, at paperwork and stuff behind a monitor. And I saw that and I was like, Holy shit. Like Rumi, you're not my son, but I can't imagine that. Like if I have kids, they'll ever be like, I'll ever be more proud of them than I was of you. When I saw you with Greg Nicotero, man, how cool. How cool is that? Yeah, I, I love working with Greg. He's, he's a really great guy. He directs really cool episodes. I mean, the, his episodes are always the craziest stuff because, uh, he, you know, he's, he's been with the show for so long. He's, a, you know, and, and, and has all the zombie action happening in them. And that first episode was insane. It was so much fun. I, I wish the picture everybody got to see was me jamming out with him playing harmonica in like a jam band in his basement <laughs> at a crew party once. That's also pretty cool. <laughs> He's shredding on guitar and I'm just wailing away on the harmonica. It was hysterical, but uh, that that's a pretty fun one. Maybe I'll find a picture of that and put that up, but it's unbelievable. Now it's real as hell. Uh, I really appreciate all our fans who do watch the show because, you know, it it it, it, it is personal now. Like this is my job and I do love it. And and it's great to see the show kind of taking this new direction. Um, lots of big VFX. We're recording this on Sunday. So tonight, episode two airs. And there's a huge effects sequence that I'm super proud of. I can't wait for everybody to see that. I mean, it's just a lot of fun. It's a, it's a fun show to work on. And I just love being a part of something that I've been a fan of for a long time. Give up the good work, man, because it's it's pretty fucking cool. And you're doing a great job. I'm, I, I was real bummed when you told me that you were leaving me to go there. But I was really excited for you. It seemed like such a bitch and opportunity and stuff. And clearly yep. it is. So nice fucking job, man. Keep it up. Thanks, dude. It's cool shit, dude. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. But I'll be back pretty soon. We'll be uh, back in person, man. Well, enough about how awesome we are. Let's talk about things that we think are important. <laughs> <laughs> man, this is a what have you been watching? So let's dive right into it, man. I know there's a couple things that you were like, Rumi, you got to watch this. You got to watch this. You got to watch this. And I did. So let's talk about those. What have we been watching, Rumi? Yeah, this has been a fun... Well, I was excited to do this episode because this will be a fun one because I watched two movies that as I was watching them, I was writing Aaron and being like, dude, you got to check this out. And he did in time for us to talk about it together. So the first one is a movie. It's a Netflix original that's on right now. It's a 2018 called Hold the Dark. And it's directed by Jeremy Saulnier who did uh, Green Room and Blue Ruin and Murder Party, um, which Murder Party is actually on my docket for today. But those other two movies I love. So, uh, you know, Netflix does that thing when you scrolling through a movie, it starts playing the trailer and you're like, wait, no, no, my wife is sleeping. Just be quiet for a second. Yeah, but hate that. It started and I was like, go on. It, was, it looked interesting. It shows Jeffrey Wright, who is one of the leads in Westworld, as well as a bunch of other things. Bernard. Yeah, he is um, apparently some sort of writer slash wolf expert who's going to help this woman find a wolf that took her child. And as I watched the trailer, it started to look like it was going to be way more than that. And maybe there was more mystery to it. And it wasn't necessarily that wolves took this woman's baby. 
And I was like, nope, don't don't even tell me anymore. I'm already sold. And I love to go into a movie not knowing what to expect. Like literally the less I know, the more excited I am for the movie, even if it's not so a great movie. To, to spoil it for all of you, we're going to talk about this movie now. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. So if you guys, like if you're interested, I, w- Rumi, would, you'd give it a watch versus a don't watch, wouldn't you? 100%. Yeah. Oh, so- this is definitely... This is definitely a watch, but this is a weird watch. Like it, it's pretty straightforward for like the middle of the movie, but the beginning and the end are like, um, yes. what? And it, it, it's one of those movies that's got great creepy tone, great creepy atmosphere atmosphere throughout. I think the directing is is top notch. I think the acting is really good across the board. Um, I think it, the whispering is really good across. Yeah, the board. it is a very quiet movie, so you gotta. They whisper the whole time. <laughs> They're like. I'm going to deliver a lot of information in the lowest tone possible. Exposition. And you're like, wait, Exposition. what? What? What did you say? Yeah, and we put like, the I, subtitles I seriously on kept a having, couple of like, times. I had this movie cranked up on my TV, and then all of a sudden, like, gunshots would go off. Yeah. And I'd be like, oh, Because oh, oh, there's a lot of action that happens, too. So, But if you guys, yeah. you know, if you guys like the stuff that we usually talk about, if you've seen Blue Ruin, which is incredible, if you've seen Green Room, which is a lot which different, but also incredible, if you've seen those in, like, what's that? Extra incredible. I I Green Room is is one of my like favorite movies I've seen in the past like five years. Like I loved Green Room because it was so violent. It was reminded me of like those nineties, like that Tarantino era. Sure, of, sure. Like a movie that had a lot of brutality to it, but also had something to say behind it and was well done, well written, well executed, and just a ride to watch. And at the end you were like, Oh man, wow. Oh, I gotta catch my breath here. That movie was a ride. Holy and that's shit. another movie that I knew nothing going into. A dude who comes to Shitty Movie Sunday and complains every week that we watch shitty movies. Which one? Joey. He can't stand <laughs> he can't stand that we watch shitty movies at Shitty Movie Sunday, even though it's been called that for no joke thirteen years. But, but like he loves Shitty Movie <laughs> Sunday. He I do respect his um his movie taste and when he says something's good, it usually is. So he told me to check out Green Room and I watched it. Based on that, I didn't even know it was the guy who did Blue Ruin when I first started watching it, but yeah. um, it was great. And this this movie, I think, has that same thing where it's just like, I'm so intrigued. And had I known what it was going to be about throughout, or even if I knew the good log line, I don't know that I would have been as excited to watch it as I did. But anyway, it's well, real he good. breaks he breaks his his sort of run of naming movies after colors. colors yeah, I noticed um, that too. Hold the dark in parentheses black. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> um, it's it's really cool, though. And like you said, this this woman's son disappears and she writes to this author survivalist wolf expert who, you know, again, they whisper through most of it. But it's like he survived out in the wilderness for a while and defeated a pack of wolves or escaped a pack of wolves. Basically, is sort of um, adept at hunting wolves and knows wolves well. And she feels like her son was taken by a pack of wolves. And he comes and is basically like, I don't know if I can help you, but if I can help ease your pain, I'm here to check that out too. And they are in remote Alaska, like remote. Like when he says, oh, my daughter lives in Anchorage, this this woman's like, that's not even Alaska. Right, right, right. It's, and he's like, okay. <laughs> so, you know, it, it starts off with this thing. She says how the, you know, her son was playing outside and a wolf, when we see... We see the kid playing outside. We see a wolf come near it, and then the kid is just gone. And you, you know, okay. So the, look, it's it seems like the wolf took this kid. He starts. Uh, he goes out first. Some weird shit happens. She she walks around her house naked while he's there with a weird wolf mask on, and you're just like, 
All right. I hope they explain that to me later. And they don't. Do they, Rumi? No, they don't. It, it, more mask stuff happens later, but they don't tell you what they don't really tell you about it. It's it, there's a lot of like metaphorical exposition, a lot of metaphorical weirdness. But I, right now, I bet people are being like, "Why do you guys like this movie? It sounds like whispering and metaphors. I, I don't know if I like this." But let me tell you. So when the kid's dad comes back from Afghan, Af, Afghanistan, and this is yeah, yeah, it's Andrew Scarsgars <laughs> from Scam Scan. <laughs> when the dad comes back from Afghanistan, where he was a soldier, and uh, let's just say he's not the most stable guy when he comes back. Um, he might not have been stable even before that, but he comes back and he and his like remote, um, would you say this guy's an Inuit? Who's his, be- who's his best friend when they, when they get yeah, back yeah, to the States? Yeah, yeah, because he's like, he's like a, a, a local national from the Alaskan area that, that we're, yeah. we're in now. So yeah, he's a and local dude. They come back and they, um, let's say they just fuck some shit up. Yeah. So like, they're <laughs> like, you know, where's, what happened to my son? Oh, cause at this point now. Jeffrey Wright well, has even, found. Should, should we should we say what what happened? Why? Well, why don't we say that Jeffrey Wright finds something that makes it seem like the woman was not on the up and up, and and she might have had something to do with the the kid's disappearance. Let's say that. Okay, that's close enough. And but uh, it turns into this like Rambo style war on police and in the wilderness. And no, we got. I think we have to drop the one police spoiler. So there's, don't you think? So good. This is a big spoiler. So if you don't want to be surprised, listen. Jump ahead like the 30 seconds. Yeah. yeah. But there's a scene, you know, where now we've established that this Inuit guy and Andrew Skarsgård, it is Andrew, right? Oh, Alexander. It's Alexander Skarsgård. There's too many of those fuckers. They are now (laughs) out for blood trying to find the wife, but so are the police. And um, they dispatch the police a couple times where they just shoot a couple cops, like, because they're... they're also trying to find her. It's not even like they're not doing a good job or they blame the police. They just murder these police. It just comes straight out of nowhere too. Cause like I'm at the point where I'm about to text her. Like I literally have typed up the sentence. Why are you making me watch me watch (laughs) this boring ass whisper movie? And then these guys are talking to the police and police are like, man, I'm so sorry this happened to you. He's like, yeah, me too. Pop, pop. And just shoots him in the face. And I was like, right. Whoa, without like a pistol. Right. And and it's a bunch of guys standing in a circle talking and it comes yeah. out of nowhere. There's no preface for it. You don't know why that would happen. And then they start and this th- like, okay, we're going to try to get this this kid back or try and find our wi- this my wife myself. <sighs> and that's when the movie takes off. And you're just like, it turns into this wild chase roller coaster, like until you get to the end when then it gets kind of weird and, and bizarre again. But... What no, a, no, we gotta, sh- I want to, I got to say the yeah, one. Yeah, 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 we're going to talk, we got to talk <laughs> about the shootout. We got to talk about the shootout. Okay. So the Inuit friend, basically, they help, they steal the body of the boy and the Inuit friend tells Skarsgård, he's like, I will distract them. You go get your wife and you go get revenge. And it, well, and then what happens, Rumi? So one of the, they, they. They get to this, the, the police all, like a SWAT team police, all come around this old shack where this Inuit dude lives, and they're like, uh, you know, because they know that the that he's helping Alexander Skarsgård, so whether he's there or not, they need to get this Inuit guy to help them. So they go up to him, and they're like, loaded, they're ready for bear, they're putting guns and shit on the house, they're surrounding it, and one of the main sheriffs, who's a, you know, a main protagonist, he walks over, uh, he goes, let me, let me try to talk to him first. Yeah. And he walks up to the Inuit guy's house and he knocks and he's like, listen, man. And 
You this get- is my favorite moment of the movie, honestly. Like, there's a lot of great pieces. The shootout's really cool that's about to happen. But this scene where he's talking to him, he's like, hey, I told him I'd come talk to you. I'm, I'm giving you that courtesy. And he's like, we're not friends, guy. Now, this guy, the like, Inuit oh. guy's uh, daughter also was disappeared at some point. And he... Yeah. In this scene, we realize he's harboring resentment against the police for the fact that they didn't do as much as he wanted them to. It becomes yeah. very clear that that he feels that way. But in, in, because of the outburst of sudden violence a couple scenes ago, you don't think it's off the table that this guy might just pull out a gun and blow the sheriff's head off right there. And yeah. the sheriff, you know, clearly knows him enough and they're talking and he's like, listen, you know, essentially, I don't want to do this the hard way. Let's try to figure this out. We can help each other. We're all here for the same thing. We all want to find this kid. We all want to figure out what happened. And the Inuit guy has essentially been like, you had your chance with me and no way. He's like, this is, I can tell you right now, this is going to go down badly. And the it's sheriff is like, cold scene. oh, it's great. It's and the cold. sheriff is essentially like pleading with him, please yeah. don't do this. I don't want it to go like this. Yeah. And the Inuit guy's like, I'm not walking out in cuffs. So Ooh. what becomes... Oh, that's right. And it becomes, this is the best scene from a Punisher movie that does not exist yet. I know, right? The sheriff Ugh. walks, I'll, I'll let you, I'll, I'll set it up, so, Rumi, and then you can drop it. The right. sheriff turns from the door, starts walking back to all the cops. And as he's walking back towards all the cops, Jeffrey Wright is watching him. The guy from Westworld's watching him. He looks up and there's like a little like, like flippy barn door up in, this, like in the barn, attic. Yeah. And that opens up. And, and the Jeffrey dude Wright has goes, like, look out. And what happens, Rooms? The dude has mounted like an M60 machine gun up there, like a hog leg with just a belt of ammo sticking out of it. And he just starts letting loose on all these cops, all these sheriffs. And and Jeffrey Wright ducks behind cars and everybody takes cover, but he just starts annihilating them. And it turns into like a 15-minute shootout where he just yeah. has them pinned down, just ta 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 and they're shooting back at him with like pistols and shotguns, but he's got an M60. He's going through hundreds of bullets, just pop, 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 pop. destroying the cars. Bullets are going through cars, through getting cars. people on the other side of cars. And all these guys are pinned down and you have all these moments where some guys are over here shot and other guys are over here. And the young guy, the, the young deputies like doesn't know where to do. And he's like freaking out. And, you know, guys are screaming for help. Guys have their legs blows up. Some people are just dead. People are trying to drive cars into the house to try and get closer and they get shot up and now you have a car just kind of spinning around in there, crashing into other stuff. And the whole time Jeffrey Wright's seeing this happen and they're trying to figure out how to, you know, how to stop them. And it is, it's such a cool scene. So well done. And, and you so know, you got to say, riveting. I think there are a lot of practical squibs in there. And if I'm not mistaken, there's one shot where a bullet goes through a guy's face and his cheek blows off. And you yes. can see some gnarly stuff, and it looks like it looks like a prosthetic. So I'm thinking either the entire thing was practical, or at least a good chunk of that was. And I gotta say, one of the draws for this movie for me is there are some amazing practical effects. It's mostly in these crazy yep. outbursts of violence, but there's some really good blood, some really good squibs, and it looks like a lot of it is practical. I really, really think oh, it's yeah. really cool. Yeah, it's really cool, and and that scene that scene alone is worth watching this movie. But, Agreed. You know, it really it really makes you think about stuff, and it has a lot of like we said allegory about like wolf and man and animal and killer and and civilization versus being an animal. And I think that it's I think it's really well done. I think the ending's a little ambiguous and very bizarre because you're just kind of like well, but 
what about that guy? Well, what about the kid? What about the stuff? What about the wall? And there's a lot of what abouts, but I think it's meant to have you ask those questions and try and talk about it and try and think about it yourself, which I like it when they don't necessarily like slap you on the face with an answer. I would have liked a little bit more closure, but it's, it, there was it makes no, you there think. was zero closure. It really yeah. made you, I mean, it, 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 it wasn't like they didn't know how to end it. It's not like he was like, Oh, I don't know what to do now. It was no, definitely, no, supposed it's not a to stupid be. ending. Right. Yeah. It's, it's not, supposed it, it, to it's, make it's, you think. Yeah, it's not ending that way because the movie's dumb or badly done. Because I've seen a lot of movies that have no ending, and it's because they seem to like have no clue what they were doing. Right. This movie knew what it was doing, and it wraps up for the character. You know, the character that you want it to wrap up for, but leaves so many loose ends that you're. I mean, you know, it it begs a lot of questions. Yeah, the which, ending lost it for me. I wish it was. I, I needed. Yeah. I mean, I don't mind an ending that makes me think, but like, oh, it's got to be an ending. And I feel like this one was now, just like, and then this happens. You're like, yeah, but wait, why? And also, why did anything else in this movie happen? Yeah, why did any of that stuff happen? But I will ask you this question: okay. When uh, and and to people who haven't seen this movie, this is going to make no sense. We saw him bury the corpse of his son in a in a wooden box that he used blood to draw symbols on when he went back to that box did you expect him to flip it open that kid to be alive no but i like i that wasn't again that wasn't off the table because it was one of those movies where it was like right? what is going to happen next right there's definitely a moment where i was like oh my god is that kid going to be alive that would be the weirdest thing ever but Again, that, that the movie made me wonder that because it was going to weird places. At yeah, that point. it was very weird. It, but it was, it was. I, I, I give it a. I would give it a. I would give it a B plus or a B. Um, oh, big time, big time, and and like I said, like I said, the be, the ending being weird was was thought out. Again, it it earned what it did. It didn't do it because it was stupid. And the the fight scenes in the movie and and the big sort of set piece moments are worth the watch 100%. Yeah, I liked it a lot. And I, you know, it's one of those movies and I feel like there's more and more of these where I feel like the tone, the feeling that I have watching it, the feeling that I have talking about it and thinking about it afterwards, it really does a great job with the tone. I just wish it had wrapped it up. That's how, I mean, if you guys listen to our, our discussion about Hereditary, which is another one of you been watching, we did a month or two ago. That's how I felt about that movie too. That movie was really, really good. The whole movie was really, really good. It had a great tone, great themes, really hit me in the emotions the whole movie. And then at the end, they're like, this is the ending. And I was like, wait, what? What about? And it just didn't, it didn't provide the closure or like the, the bookend that I would have liked for a cinematic experience for the most part. I feel like this movie is kind of like in true Rocketeer form. I love the ending of Hereditary (laughs) because that's when that movie totally, to me, that's where that movie went from a beep. B plus, B, B plus to like A plus, 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 plus. Like, I was like, oh, thank God you went to that like weird, satanic, headless floating corpse zone because I miss that in most of my movies. <laughs> but we feel the same <laughs> way about Hold the Dark, right? We do we do wish that the the ending was explained yeah. a little bit more. You, you and I are on the same page with Hold the Dark. I think we we, we were high-fiving through half of it, through, through all the parts that we both, I think, agree on. And then the end is kind of a bizarre thing, which I think we could talk about deeper, but... I want to give people a chance to watch this movie before we're like, what is the animalistic nature of man? <laughs> yeah. It is. It is. De- it's definitely worth the watch though. It's, it's good. It's, you know, if you, if you guys have been on board with most of our suggestions, you know, yeah, that's thus a good far, one. You should check so, it out. It's and, definitely worth it. I have to give Netflix huge props because they're able to make these movies. If this was like a big budget, like if this was a Hollywood movie that you saw in theaters, like that would not be that movie. 
Like I agree. Never... And I, I was thinking the same thing because I don't know if they actually shot in true Alaska or just somewhere where it looked like Alaska, but they were shooting on location. It was a yeah. lot of practical effects. There, There's wolves in the movie. They use a seat or a seaplane or like at least like a, a one prop, two passenger plane in the movie. Yeah. And it's like, that's a lot of shit that's rough and expensive and you got to plan for it. You know what I mean? You can't just shoot from the cuff. It's not just, you know, a horror movie in a, in a cabin, in an isolated cabin the whole time. This is a yeah. movie where you got to be making some shit in there. And uh, I, I really, I thought the same thing. Hats off to you guys because um, on top of that, as much as I'm complaining about the ending, this isn't a um, contrived, true to form, everyone sees this movie a hundred times thing. Yeah. This is the type of movie that would polarize people who would be like, well, it didn't really end right. That doesn't make sense. She didn't answer questions. But Netflix is like, fuck it. This is the movie we want to make with the director we want to do, with the writer we want to do. And They're I got to give you credit them, for that. Yeah. They're letting them have creative freedom. And I think a lot of Hollywood movies don't have any of that. I, I mean, not to say that those movies aren't creative. I mean, I, I thought Dr. Strange was really a creative movie. Wow. What, what creative things, but there's a process that all of those go through and so many checks and balances with the people who make the money, who, who hand out the money to be like, I don't know. Let's see if audiences will agree with this, but this Netflix doesn't have to worry about that. They're like, Hey, we know, we know you're signed up for it. Let's give you some stuff. And I, I think that's great because I watched another Netflix original last night called the apostle. Okay. And this was uh, Gareth Evans who did the raid and yeah. raid two. Yeah. He's one of my favorite directors right now doing badass shit. If you guys haven't seen the raid, I mean, come on, this movie is freaking amazing. But the apostle is a very different type of movie for him because it was a cult movie. It, uh, it stars the guy from Legion. Oh yeah. Johnny Legion. Johnny Legion. Yeah. That X-Men show. Uh, <laughs> Dan Stevens. Love him. Love him. From, from Legion. The, yeah. From the guest, right? The guest. Yes. Oh, he was so good in the guest. Well, he's in this movie and he's amazing. And it's basically, he comes back, it, uh, it's, it's a period piece, and I can't tell you exactly what time period it is, but there's no electricity. They're all using <laughs> candles and stuff. He comes back from China after being a missionary, where he was basically tortured for being a missionary in China. He comes back and finds out his sister's been kidnapped by a cult. Wah, wah, you're having a bad day. <laughs> and so he goes to this island where this cult is and fights the cult. And it is really gnarly. Man. And it's a it feature, right? Not a series. It's a, it's a feature. Yeah. One movie. And it is really good, really brutal, very violent, pretty scary. Like there's some really scary parts to it. And I love the way it sets up all this tension because not only is the island have, has all this mistrust to the outside world, but they're like having this power struggle internally between the three people who sort of started this this community. And there's this whole thing about they're like giving blood to this evil deity witch that they have in this barn out in the woods. And it is so cool. Really gnarly. There's a scene where uh, they're grinding up corpses to feed to this deity and Dan Stevens on the corpse grinder table and they're dragging him into the grinder and you're like, oh no, is he going to get chopped up or what? Really cool. Really cool movie. Uh, well, that's one of those ones. I was so friggin' busy this this last uh, you know week, but you told me you wanted to do that. So I was like, okay, if you're on board with that one, I'll have to check that out too. And I didn't even know that Dan Stevens was in it, but I love Dan Stevens. Yeah, I watched that one last night. So yeah, check on that and see, see what you think. But you told me about another movie that I watched also last night because I watch a lot of movies. Because we have no social life and we just watch yeah. horror movies. <laughs> this one was awesome. You had me watch the Italian movie Nightmare City. 
Yeah, dude. If you guys have Amazon Prime streaming, it, they have some um, incredible fucking movies right now. They have Tons a of lot movies. of really good Italian horror movies. They have a lot of really uh, good 70s, 80s, early 90s American slasher and horror movies. Just some like real fucking gems. There's a lot of movies that like I remember seeing the um, the videos in the rental stores that yeah. I'm, I'm grabbing. And a lot of movies that I've been always been, like these ones, these Italian ones. I've been meaning to watch these, but I, you know, haven't gotten to it yet. And um, yeah. when we were on the Test Pattern podcast a couple months ago, we did an episode with those guys over on their show about Italian horror. If you haven't listened to those, we did our episode with them and then we did an episode on their show. Right, Rooms? Yeah, it was kind of cross podcast. And it's, it's one of our highest listened to episodes. And, and we love those guys, Jacob and Tab over at the Test Pattern Podcast. They're fantastic. And they know their shit, too. It was really cool to sit down and talk to them. But uh, I did all my research for those episodes. If you guys haven't listened to those, check them out. But I did all my research for those through Amazon because it had all the movies that I wanted to, to talk about. And, and it still does. It still has these great movies. And this is one, I don't know if it's new to Amazon or not, but Nightmare City, 1980. It was directed by uh, Umberto Lenzi. And Umberto. Uh, dude, here is the <laughs> here is the uh, the summary that I read where I was like, oh, this will be great for a shitty movie. It said on Amazon, it said an airplane explo- exposed to radiation lands and blood drinking zombies emerge armed with knives, guns and teeth. They go on a rampage, slicing, dicing, and biting their way across the Italian countryside. I was like, sold. Okay. Yeah. And I started watching it the other night. I didn't even do it for a shitty movie. I did it by myself. And it is, I'll tell you right now, I'm going to say top 10 for sure, maybe even top five zombie movies. I'm like so excited about it. And here's a caveat, because I agree with you, but I, I don't want people to think that this is like a um, polished movie. This movie is low budge. No, and that's, that's part of, well... Part of the allure of the the zombie movies of that time, I feel, is like yeah. that. Um, the soundtrack is very basic. It's just that, like, over and over noises, blah, blah, blah. But I love that shit. Yeah. It's 1980, so it's the beginning. It's probably uh, one of those uh, movies the, that was yeah. crazy influenced by Night of the Living Dead. The coolest thing about it, I mean, and again, the zombies don't look good. The makeup is terrible. <laughs> like, everything is low, bud. Like, just, just as simple and low budget as you can get, but it's so different and it's actually really fresh in a time where we're kind of in a zombie fatigue with just so many zombie movies having come out and even the walking dead just being the king of the genre for almost 10 years you know it's hard to see something that's that's different these days and with this movie they're not exactly zombies but yeah they yeah kinda, they, they are uh but they, they what do they look like describe what they look like Remy, because that's the funniest part to um me. they look like spawn hamburger face yeah, they they all look like little mud crust mummies. <laughs> yeah, it it really. I mean, it's definitely. I'm trying to think of another movie to compare it to. I would have to say the zombies in um the others the zombie movie called Zombie, the '70s horror movie, a '70s Italian zombie movie, because it's just like you know, at a kit mashed up. It looks like maybe some of them were full face masked. A lot of them were just like putty and shit. But they don't shy away, which is great because 1980 they didn't have. I mean, the effects in 1980 were capable of being better than this. But in Italy and at the time and for the budget that I'm sure they had, this is as good as you were going to get. But they didn't shy away from it. The zombies do look like big old fucking hamburger faces, but they're not mindless. They work together. 
they run. It's almost like the rage type of zombies from like uh, 28 Days 28 Later. 28 Days Later, yeah. But they all have fucking weapons, right? They're all running. The they're attaching and stuff. Yeah, yeah. sickles and well, stuff. And here's the creepiest part is like when they see you, they all run with like really wide eyes and creepy smiles. Like that's, I think, one of the creepiest things about it is that they... They aren't shambling. They are, they're chasing you down. And, and again, I don't love fast zombies. So this being not like zombie zombies, but like radiation sickness mutants is like that. Fine. They can run all they want. I'm okay with that. Like when you have zombies running, I I don't love that. That's not my favorite style of zombie. But when you are like, they're not zombies, they're radiation mutant creatures. I'm like, good. Oh, wow. Great. Cool. All right. Sold. Well, the cool thing too for this, and they mentioned vampirism in the movie when yeah. they kill you, they're not eating your brains. They're sucking your blood. So there's a lot of oh, yeah. stabbing and then slurping. Yeah, it's it's pretty gross. Oh, man. It, it just it's it was really cool. I, I wrote down some notes because the movie also has a lot of funny moments that you can make fun of it for. <laughs> like uh, they keep cutting back and forth to this television studio. Wait, 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 wait. Before you get to that. Let me, so the first the movie opens with this guy who's like a reporter and he is, he looks like the guy who plays Will Graham in Manhunter, but like the shady ass <laughs> Italian version of him, right? Yes. He's got crazy sideburns and mustache. He is not a leading man looking guy, but nope. he kicks tons of fucking zombie ass this movie. Yeah. He goes to this airport to interview this guy. The plane doesn't respond. It lands. They don't know what to do. It's like Transformers. The door opens and this emissary scientist whoever the fuck he is comes out and they're like oh it's so and so and he fucking pulls out a knife and just starts stabbing all these army guys that are near him then all these fucking zombies armed with different weapons run out of this plane and the army just starts shooting like fucking crazy it's a massacre but the zombies can't be killed they keep getting back up stabby stabby stabbing yeah violence violence out of nowhere and even though i read that in the fucking description i didn't think that was going to happen within the first five minutes and it just doesn't let up it keeps going and going and going. And then uh, when that starts to, uh, the, then the, 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 the main guy gets away. And as he drives away, it cuts to. Then it cuts to these like dancers doing this aerobic dance in a television studio. And it's hysterical. I mean, the dance is like, you know, 80s dancers. But the thing I found really funny about this. And shit. <laughs> in leotards and shit. Yeah, I sent Rumi a picture. I was like, this is you. Look at you. Look at you go, <laughs> dancer. <laughs> um, but everybody who works in the TV studio is wearing lab coats, which is fucking weird. <laughs> I didn't realize that. <laughs> yeah, they're all wearing lab coats. I'm like, wow, they're very scientific about their Italian television, I guess. <laughs> and then the news dude shows up um, and he's like, I have a special broadcast. Stop this dance dance show. I'm going to talk now. And they start letting him talk. But before he can tell everybody that shit's going down, they cut him off. And he's like, what the fuck? And he goes upstairs and like the military is like taken over. And they're like, you can't talk about anything on our news studio now. And he's like, well, then I quit. And you're like, mm, <laughs> this news dude cuts through all the red tape. He doesn't give a shit. So now he's like trying to get to his wife, who's a doctor. And uh, he can't get a hold of her. And the military guys are trying to get a hold of the, their daughters, and they can't get a hold of them. And one military guy is trying to get a hold of his his young, hot, sculptress girlfriend. He can't get a hold of her. Boobs like, everywhere, by the way, during all this oh, getting a hold of this. tons of boobs. This. Yeah, yeah, tons of boobs. This is a boob boobalicious movie. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like that is reminiscent of the time. Like, a lot of 70s horror movies, a lot of 70s Italian horror movies in that time have that random, like, 
what the fuck is this dance number happening? Yeah. A lot of 70s Italian horror is very straightforward. The dialogue does, it seems like almost like stage theatrics. It's not really how people would talk, but like it, it's, it's very kitschy and very fun. And I really like, especially since we did that, that episode with Jacob and Tat, I've really gotten more of an appreciation for the Italian horror and I really have loved watching it. And this is just a great example. And every time you're about, like Rumi said before about the other movie, every time you're about to text him, why would you watch this? Boom, zombie outbreak with this crazy fucking violence. They're overtaking this hospital. And that hospital scene is so good. Thing, I love that hospital scene because the lights go off. Yes. And they keep running around with flashlights trying to turn on the generators. But every time they turn the corner, there's like not like one or two dudes. There's like 30 dudes with hatchets and scalpels running down the hall at you. And like there's people trapped in an elevator at one point and they're like, somebody help us. But guess who helps them? Ooh, yeah. Crusty mutants. <laughs> it, it is. It's very much. It, there's some really cool spots. I really feel that this this movie is very nightmarish. It makes you feel like a nightmare because you're oh, they're always trying to run away. Like he'll kill yeah. one or two zombies, then get overwhelmed. And then he's trying to retreat and backtrack somewhere. And he always escapes in some random car. And the thing I was thinking was how fucking cool would it be and everyone at Rockstar Games or wherever, I know you're listening, steal my idea, if you made like a Grand Theft Auto, but in Dawn of the Dead world, right? So right? think about like an open platform game in the city where you could take cars, take weapons and shit, but you got to fight zombies. You got to fight like, you know, the Tom Savini biker gangs. And you can also find other people who can either help you or you could try to help them. And like every once in a while you fight a bunch of zombies. But when you get your back to the wall, you could try to like escape in a fucking helicopter. You can escape in a car. It'd be fucking cool. Because that's what keeps happening in this in this movie. They keep trying to escape. They try to do that in like the Dead Rising series. But like, I, you know, I I would love Rockstar to take a swing. And Rockstar did do Red Dead Red Undead, which was like Red Dead Redemption with zombies, which that was a really cool thing too. But yeah, I would, I would like, I would love like a seventies style rock star version, hardcore zombie open world game. That would be really that's fun. What this, that's what this movie made me think of. Cause that's what they keep Big doing. Time. Um, keep stealing cars the, and, and you know, dudes flying around helicopters, trying to save people. Every time they cut back to the military guys, they're in like a star Wars style war room that has like glowing boards and just yeah. like un unnecessary amount of blinking lights in the background yep. like what is going on here one of my favorite reveals that makes no sense is so the the reporter who doesn't take any shit and his uh, surgeon <laughs> wife he doesn't take any shit that's doesn't true. take any shit well they have there's so many good scenes with them but they go to a gas station yeah. and that's pretty cool because they have a moment where they get a cup of coffee and they're just like oh these are the little things we're going to miss when the world falls apart and you're like damn you're already getting to that post-apocalyptic sort of vibe but that scene's really cool. But they escape, and she's freaking out. And he and he's like, "Get your shit together!" and slaps her. And then she starts making out with him. Yeah. Now, Rumi, I would like to think I know what ladies like. I'm pretty sure it's not getting slapped. <laughs> well, the, and that was one thing. It's funny you say that because I noticed that too. This movie definitely has the like. What are the worst tropes of women in movies, but especially horror movies? Like she can't do jack shit. He literally yeah. in that scene, he makes a Molotov cocktail and he goes, okay, when I say three, you open the door. And she's like, no, John, I can't. You can't open a fucking door. I'm handling yeah. everything else. I need you to turn a knob and pull and you can't do it. And she can't. She doesn't do it. Oh, my God. Earlier in the movie, there's another moment where one of the military guys who has the young sculptor girlfriend um, and he calls her up and is like, just stay inside and do what I say. Just stay inside. And she's like, you chauvinist pig. You just want women to do 
do what men say and she's saying it like 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 it's a sexy thing for her too which is like <laughs> um and he's like he's like no listen to what i'm saying don't go outside like you, you will you will die if you go outside and she's like sure thing i'll be here waiting for you 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 chauvinist asshole. And it's like, he's like, no, I'm not being a dick. I'm just telling you to stay inside. I'm not Please trying to be controlling. I care about your life. <laughs> yeah. And she won't listen to him. So they even like try and call attention to it, but they do it in the worst way possible. <laughs> it's, it's, de- it's, it's definitely interesting. And that shit is just, um, but so, so after they, uh, make out after <laughs> the slap kiss, um, they get to this <laughs> church and they walk into the room and we oh, see yeah. a priest standing there reading a book and the priest looks normal and they go oh hello father and then he does a full 360 to reveal that he's a crusty monster but the funniest thing is when they came into the room they from our point of view (laughs) they're looking at his crusty face the audience is the one who like why didn't you shoot that from their perspective so that the effect worked and it wasn't like wait a second right, they saw it was that revealed he was a to us monster. but the way they <laughs> shot it when they walked yeah. in theoretically they were it, looking at his messed up face to show that he was a he was a yeah. zombie guy and this isn't a complicated reveal. We've seen this reveal a million times where it's like, it looks like a normal person, but then they turn and their face is all cut up or whatever it is, like they're a zombie or whatever it is. But it's like, that's not a complicated effect. You shoot over the character's shoulder who's supposed to see that he's not, that like the trick doesn't work if they walk in the room and he's already a monster on the side they're looking at. It's like when a kid tries to do that, like I cut my finger off joke, but they're, they yeah. have their hand facing the wrong way so you can see their cut off finger and you're like, oh, you're a moron. <laughs> So they run away from the church and uh, they smash that dude's head in the priest's head in. That was pretty cool. And they get to this like theme park. And my favorite part is he goes, he goes, we can escape. And I'm looking at what he's looking at. I'm like, it's a riverboat. It's like a big red paddle boat. Like Mark Twain, Tom Sawyer. (laughs) I'm like, are you going to escape on a riverboat? And like, I would have loved it if that's what it was, but he was looking at a Jeep. Yeah, credit for them in implying that's something that had never been done before, right? I know, right? <laughs> How hysterical would that have been, though? There's them on this like old school riverboat, like, doot, doot, and like just the zombies just all along the shore chasing them. <laughs> they, you know, they're in the, <laughs> they're in this awesome ass uh, amusement park and they're trying to get towards this Jeep. And as they're walking around, it's showing all these army guys who have been killed by the zombies, right? And yeah. some of them are like splayed out on the floor. Some of them are in the bushes. Some of them are around this Jeep. There are a couple, though, that are like in the rides. Like there's a train and there's an <laughs> army guy sitting in a seat in the train, which yeah. means that like theoretically when he was killed, he was at the very least standing in that train, if not sitting there. And there's a couple. It's not just one or two. And there are... <laughs> civilians who are killed leaning against you know rides and stuff in my head all those people were doing what what the premise of zombie land but if i'm gonna die i'm gonna go to this theme park at least once before i go (laughs) i I heard it was awesome i'm gonna ride the rides once and like if i'm gonna die i just would rather go out riding roller coasters than out like a punk (laughs) speaking of roller coasters the climax takes part awesome hop of a roller coaster. They start to climb up a roller coaster to get away from this horde of zombies that is chasing them. And a helicopter comes to pick them up. Yeah. And it's one of the army guys who we've been following the whole time. And they're on top of this roller coaster while all these crusties are coming up the roller coaster chasing them. He's got a gun. He's shooting them with the gun. He's throwing the gun at him when he runs out of bullets. And she's He's handing him whatever she's found. Yeah. Grenades. They're just 
throwing axes and they just keep coming and the helicopter's like, let's try and save them. So they lower this rope and it's like a knotted rope that you'd like, you'd have to climb at gym <laughs> and like, climb up. And the lady starts climbing up and like halfway up, she's like, I can't. Oh, I'm dizzy. Oh. And you're like, oh God, come and at on that lady, moment, please. I'm like, of course she would say that. I was like, she couldn't. Yeah. She's complaining. I, I, I can't. I can't hold it. I can't hold it. I was like, this girl couldn't even open a door a little while ago. I was like, I hope she falls. And sure enough, she falls from the helicopter, hitting every piece of this roller coaster on yeah, the way down. It's a pretty good in, dummy that does not come apart. And it whack, end over end, whack, 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 whack all the whack. way down. And the, and the guy who's still on the rope is just screaming. And it's pretty, pretty crazy because you're like, oh, you were so close, girl. You were so close. Yeah. <laughs> But then what happens, Rumi? She hits the ground. She hits the ground right when she hits the ground. And you see it. It's a good hit. He Pow. wakes up in bed next to her. And he's yep. like, oh, shit, I had a dream. All right, I got to go. I got to go to the airport to interview that fucking scientist guy who's getting off that plane. And I was like, oh, shit, you're going to dream me movie? Yeah. That's what you're going to do? You're going to do, you're gonna do the, it was all a dream? But was it all a dream? Because then it, it when he gets there, it kind of starts... The, the movie yeah, essentially starts over again where it's the, the beginning plane of the movie is not responding the door the plane lands the door opens and then the movie cuts that's the, that's the end the door opens and a title card pops up that says the dream has become reality oh, yeah. <laughs> dot 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 it's like wow good job movie this this is a movie that if like it really is 28 days later it's basically 28 days later but the the crusty zombie things, they, they have more thought process. I mean, they don't really talk, but they do like, there is a point where they're driving cars and they're like getting weapons and they're like communicating to each other. Yeah. And they're, they're working together because I was thinking the one who let the, the elevator down, he let that down from the top. So he yeah. didn't get to eat those people. The people, the zombies, the crusties under him did, which yeah. means like, yeah, he was a selfless kind of crusty. Well, and like when they're at the gas stations, they're the, the, the zombies are trying to get this car going to, to go get more people. Yeah, that's true. And at one point we see some people camping and a car rolls up oh, and people get right. out and they're like, oh, hey, our friends are here. And they're like, nope, we're crusties. And they kill them and eat them. <laughs> I love the term crusties. <laughs> yeah, the crusty monsters. They're pretty great. And, and I love and like it's freaky because like they're running around with hatchets and guns and just like hell bent on drinking your blood ripping your shirt off and drinking your blood oh yeah you gotta expose the boobs first before you drink the blood i think that's a 70s movie must (laughs) right why not (laughs) i think we're overselling the shit out of this movie but it's a lot of fun i I disagree i was just about to try to sell it harder i was gonna say nightmare (laughs) city 1980 it's on uh it's on uh on amazon right now I'm telling you, it's at least worth the watch, especially for October, fun Halloween shit. But I'm telling you, it's it's top 10 zombie movies for me, for sure. Wow. You know, directed by Umberto Lenzi. And here's a little tidbit I just found out while looking for what this, you know, looking about stuff about this movie, is that um, uh, Tom Savini and Umberto Lenzi, uh, Umberto Lenzi created a comic book that they had funded on Indiegogo, and it got really funded so i guess the comic there's a comic book out there about this uh this movie does it say what year 2015 damn it has potential this movie i mean i don't often say this and i don't want to say it out loud so i'll I'll whisper it hold the dark style it should be remade it already has it has yeah in a movie yeah 
It was remade. Good thing I did my research. In pulling it up, IMDb, go, 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 go. Go to Krusty.com. <laughs> Directed by Tom Savini. And it came out, oh, it says in development, oh. updated the 11th of August, 2017. So seems like it's kind of stuck, but um, it has a bunch of like rumored cast. So it's not actually out. This is an idea, it's, not a movie. It's it's not actually out, but it says in development. Well, they're working on a remake because it would be good. It reminded it me of the be. crazies. Do you remember yes, the crazies? Yeah, absolutely. It reminded me a lot of the crazies and the remake, which is, uh, I think, a really solid remake. I agree. I thought that was really good. I saw that in theaters. It was pretty good. Cool. Well, yeah. Since it's Halloween, I've been watching shit tons of horror movies. I've been watching all the uh, Nightmare on Elm Streets and Friday the 13th. I got the box sets of those, and I've been watching them. And, uh, man, those are fun movies, man. I really like it. Uh, I did notice something funny about the first Nightmare on Elm Street. The timeline in the third act is completely fucked up. And I wrote a blog post about it. I wrote a, a long blog post sort of illustrating this. And it didn't ruin the movie for me. I mean, it is just a movie and a classic movie at that. But in the end of the movie, right around when Johnny Depp gets sucked into the bed and turned into a bloody old faithful, <laughs> Nancy calls her dad and is like, Dad, come over here in 20 minutes and I'll have Freddy Krueger for you to arrest. And he's like, yeah, whatever. And hangs up. <laughs> and in the next 20 minutes, she goes through like this whole rigmarole setting up all these Home Alone style traps and then looks at her watch, and it's like 9.10. I'm like, you did all that in 10 minutes? Like, holy shit. <laughs> it's pretty It's pretty silly, but, uh, it, you know, still a good movie. It's, it's worth checking out. And go to our website, uh, launchpadpod.com, to our blog section. You can see that article that I wrote about the, the strange 20 minutes in A Nightmare on Elm Street. And it's pretty funny. Like, not only is it a good... Not only is it a good observation, but, I mean, you guys know how Rumi talks. He writes really funny, too, and it's like... I could hear your voice telling me the words as I was reading them, and it was yeah. it was pretty pretty well done. It was good writing, Rumi. I liked it. So if you guys want to hear more about Rumi's speculation on all that bullshit, check that out. Head over to our blog site. <laughs> Absolutely. And then uh, the more I watch that series, the third one I think is still my favorite, A Nightmare on Elm Street 3 Dream Warriors, I think is my favorite because it really shows the scope of what this franchise could be about. And and And... I, I don't know. I think it's the high point, one of the high points of the franchise. But the more I watch it, the second one is not a bad movie, dude. No, it's just not a good Nightmare on Elm Street movie. It doesn't fit the canon of the rest of the series for the most part. But, but it's here's funny the thing. shit. You don't know that at the time. Right, it's exactly. Like, here's the thing. That movie, that movie didn't know. So for the benefit of the doubt, they made a damn good they made a damn good movie. It's true. It doesn't follow the canon. But then the third one, like, <clears> how do you... like? The first movie doesn't really have a canon. It's kind of like, ah, oh, this guy kind of shows up in your dreams and does crazy shit. And sometimes he is in the real world. He comes into the real world in that movie. In the first one, Nancy pulls him out of the dream world into her world. Yeah, but she has to pull him. He can't just go, right? I don't know. They don't explain it. <laughs> there, there, really, there really isn't a lot explained about what's going on in that movie, but it's well done. So then the second movie didn't have a ton to work off of. So they're like, okay, well... Maybe he can like werewolf transform out of this kid's guts and kill people. And I, I love that it has like sort of a poltergeist thing tied to it too, where some weird shit starts happening. The the family bird bursts into flames. Like the toaster goes haywire, yeah. even though it isn't plugged in. Like there's a lot of cool moments that are really creepy and well-crafted. And then this transformation sequence where Freddie bursts out of this kid's chest is freaking awesome. Bart Mixon did that, who we got to talk to. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And it's, it's definitely fun. If you haven't, 
you want a little bit more uh, story for some of that stuff, check out our Bart Mixon episodes because those are really fucking fun. In general, if you haven't listened to those, you should, but there's some good Freddy. Oh, yeah. Good Freddy, Freddy really 2 good stuff, stuff in there. But Freddy 2 is fastly becoming one of my favorite of the franchise because it has some really cool stuff going for it. Uh, and I, like I said, I still think the third one's amazing, but uh, the one I watched most recently was New Nightmare, and that one's pretty damn solid too. See, that's one I have to watch again because I, I am not sold on that. The idea is good and everything, and it's fine. It's playing at the New Art Theater at a midnight showing in November, mid-November. With uh, Worth checking out. Well, it's got some of the, I think some of the actors and stuff are going to be there, so it might be worth it to go see it on the big screen. Did you know the little kid in that movie was Gage from Pet Cemetery? Yeah, boys have penises, girls have vaginas. Yeah, that kid too from Kindergarten Cup. Yeah. It's amazing. It, it has some really cool moments. It's very strange, but it is like super self-aware and it's... It, it's a did you ever see that? Yeah. Did you ever see that movie, Will Ferrell, called Stranger in Fiction, where like his life is the movie they're writing? Uh, I haven't seen it, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's kind of this like being John Malkovich, like Wes Craven is writing the script that you are watching as it's happening. So it's really like very like, whoa, my mind. It's cool. <laughs> little robot glove. Yeah, the robot glove. It was good. It's a cool movie. Uh, I dig it. Yeah, love me some Freddy. Love it in the face. Well, Rumi, is there anything else you've been watching that we should talk about before we wrap this up? We've been going. This is a long one. I was going to say, no, I don't. I think, <laughs> I think we should wait. <laughs> we've watched some shit, though. It's been fun. Yeah, well, it's October. It's a great month for horror movie. Let us know what you guys have been watching. Write us on our social yeah. media. Tell, tell us what you guys have been doing. What have you been watching? If you have seen the movies that we talked about today, let us know if you agree, if you disagree. Tell us your thoughts. And we know some of you are going to watch Nightmare City. So, guys, let us know what you think about that movie. Because, yeah, we got stoked on it. So, if you watch that movie, let us know what you thought about that one. Let us know what you thought about if you watch Hold the Dark. What do you think? Anyway, hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Launchpad Pod. And on our website, you can check out that blog we were talking about. Check out our comic, Destroyer. Dude, we're in a comic book. That's true. How cool is that? It's cool. And it's we're getting, in a comic it, book. We're getting traction now. The story's starting to get going. There's more fun shit happening. I'll wait till you see what's coming up in the weeks ahead. So every Monday oh, yeah. that drops on our website, there's a whole Destroyer, Destroyer section. Destroyer So check that out. Destroyer on LaunchpadPod.com. Guys, until next time, we... We're, we're going to watch the Halloween movie coming up. It releases on the 19th. Uh, you and I are going to watch it. We'll do a review for that. So our next big episode will be the review of the brand new David Gordon Green Halloween, the return of Michael Myers. Wait, what is this one called? The Revenge of Michael? The Resurrection of Michael? What? I think it's just called Halloween again. <laughs> just Halloween? Just straight up Halloween? I think it's 18? called So This Is Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it's just Halloween. Okay, well, there you go. Guys, we're going to talk about it. Can't wait to watch it. I'm pretty pumped about this movie. I think it's called A Halloween Story. <laughs> a Halloween Story. <laughs> I think it's called The Grinch That Stole Halloween. <laughs> the, the Halloween That Ignored the Other Halloweens. <laughs> yeah. Halloween 1.5. Halloween 2.0.2. <laughs> anyway, you guys got to check this out. Until next time, we're the Rocketeers and Rumi. Let's blast this thing off just for fun. <laughs> yeah, love it. Awesome. Till the next time. We're the Rocketeers. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff.